The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah! This, this is the Players' Lounge. Broadcasting live from Dallas Cowboys World Headquarters at the Star. Now your hosts, Barry Church, Danny McRae, and Nui Scruggs. All right, everybody. It's Friday, March 5th. The Players Lounge is here. This is a show where two former Dallas Cowboys safeties, Barry Church and Danny McRae, come together with their ideas and their disagreements. I am Nui Scruggs, the, the moderator of this. I've covered the Cowboys since those guys were toddlers. Oh, Emmy Award. They were toddlers, man. They were toddlers. This so dude, so let, <laughs> let's just jump right to it, man. Let's just jump right to it. I need a yes or no. Is Dak's deal done by Tuesday, March 9th, when they have to, that's the final day, to slap the franchise tag on players in the National Football League? Danny? I'm going to give you a definitive, absolutely not. <laughs> Come on, man. They're not about to fool me into thinking that all of a sudden this is going to get done when it's been in the making for I don't know how many years. Nobody's budging. And now you got one week. Like, if, if the deal was going to get done, they would have said we would have been seeing stories about them being somewhere close to a deal. We're so far opposite of that right now that I just don't see it getting done in the next, what, four or five days. Yeah, and for me, I, I'm with you on that, DMAC. I don't see anything getting done um, by the deadline, especially. Um, I think it's just going to be another franchise tag year for them. I don't think they can, uh, the Joneses, and I don't think Dak's team, uh, Todd France and those boys, I don't think they're going to come together on an agreement on a long-term deal. And I don't think it's going to get done by July 15th either. I think, uh, to be all honest with you guys, I think Dak will be playing, if he does decide to play, I think he'll be playing on that franchise tag. And uh, I think this will be the last of number four because I don't think he's going to go around for another for another go-around because I think the tag next year is like 54 or something, something crazy like that. So to me, I don't think they'll get a deal done by March 9th, and I don't think they'll get it done by July 15th. But do, do you think it's a possibility that there is no franchise tag given on the 9th and it's, you know, they just try to <laughs> try to see if they get lucky nah. and back is one of those guys who wants to nah. negotiate. <laughs> Ain't no way, man. If they don't tag that man, he's up out of here, man. And, then, and they don't have any other backup because, you know, we were feeding that Kool-Aid. We were drinking that Kool-Aid last year. So we slipped back in the draft and we don't have a, a high enough draft pick to get one of them top guys. And I don't think we have enough capital to trade away to get somebody. So for me, uh, I think we're stuck right now. And I think we're stuck with this do, franchise tag. Do, do you think do you think that Jerry Jones and Stephen Jones, Church and Newey, that they would say, all right, Dak is going to be out there. He's going to be a free agent. And what we're going to do is we're going to see what price he's commanding on the market. And then we'll just pay a dollar over that because we know he wants to stay here. And we'll still be saying we're going to make him the highest paid whatever based on whatever he's getting offered. Do you do you see that as being an option for the for the Cowboys? Go ahead, Newey. No, because. The way you do that, you don't let them test free agency. You just put a, a transition tag and, and, and put the first round tender. And you see if somebody is willing to uh, give them a deal and give you two first round picks for them. And then you can just match it. And then you've got the contract. So, um, so that way you're protected. If you let this guy go free, then you're not, you know, you're, you could be out. So th there's, you have to, I mean, this is the insurance. You know, these tags are the insurance for you to try to keep the player. So I don't see any way that they do not use some type of tag, be it transition or franchise the, tag on Dak Prescott. 
How much? How much is so? So what is the? How does that transition tag work? How much is that? Like how much okay. would they be committing to that? All right. So I say um, I'm going to put a transition tag on Danny McRae of a one of a first round a first rounder. You're going to tender. I'm going to tender him as a first round pick. So if the Bears want Danny McRae, they got to give me two first round picks. And so oh. they got to give me two first round picks. Now they're going to have to give Danny McRae a contract. All right, Danny, we're going to sign you for five years and one hundred twenty five million dollars. Now, I, the Cowboys, have the opportunity to match that contract. Or I can say, nah, I'm not going to match it. I'm going to take two first-round picks. That's what but, you can do. But I'm, but, I'm saying, but I'm saying, nobody offers Dak. Nobody offers anything for Dak. How much do the Cowboys have to pay him? So if it's like we, we, trans, we, we put a transition tag on him, nobody's willing to give up, give up those two first-round picks. So Dak is going to be a Cowboy. How much do you have to pay Dak Prescott? For having a franchise tag, I mean the transition tag on transition him is still playing on, on, your, on your team. Yeah, you know that's a, that's a great question. Um, I don't know. I think it's forty five to be honest. I think I think the mix, franchise on the third is fifty four. Isn't well? Well, is it the mix of? Well, that's the franchise. We're talking about the transition tag. Um, oh, okay, is okay. it? I, I don't know if that's the mix of, of basically maybe they have to pay him the 37 on the transition tag. I don't know. It's a good question. That, that part I don't know. But, but ultimately, if you're the Cowboys, letting him, just back to the question, if you let him go free, you run the risk of, le- of, doing, of, of him just leaving, period. So to me, you got to, if you're the Cowboys, if you, you got to at least tra- minimum. Do a transition tag if you're thinking, well, maybe we'll see if somebody will give us two two ones for him. And and honestly, I see somebody giving two ones for him. I, I do. Woo! I, see I don't see it. I don't know, man. Yes. Two ones. I don't see it. Two All right. Ones. I mean, Dak, Dak is a good quarterback. Don't get me wrong. He's a good quarterback, great leader. But two ones? He's, com- he's coming off a broken ankle. All right. I'll give you a team. I'll give you a team right here. Okay. This is all it takes is one team, right? There is a team whose general manager and head coach are going into the season in which they do not exactly have security. They let these two come back despite making the playoffs, and people are kind of like, eh, we're shaking them. And that's the Chicago Bears. If you're the Chicago Bears, you've already given up two ones for Khalil Mack. So clearly, you you value players more than picks. So if you'll give up that for a pass rusher, why wouldn't you do it for a quarterback in a town that does not have? I mean, you talk about a a a really sad place for quarterbacks through the years. It's Chicago, man. They just don't make Pro Bowl quarterbacks in Chicago. So to give up two ones for him, and this is the same franchise where they're kicking the GM for passing on Deshaun Watson. I'll give up two ones for Dak Prescott all day long and try to secure my job. And if I'm Matt Nagy, I'm in there too saying, yeah, give me Dak Prescott before I got to deal with Nick Foles and Mitchell Trubisky again. Do you believe that Dak could do something with that team? I mean, I know they got a great defense over there. I mean, the secondary, D-line, all that is amazing. But offensively, do you think they have the weapons that Dak could make the most product out of that? I mean, because weapons-wise, offensively in Chicago, they're nowhere near what we have here in Dallas. So do you think that that Dak has the the talent and the, the wherewithal to lead that team throughout, even though their, their offensive talent is not as great as it is here? You bring back Allen Robinson, you've got yourself one of the uh, top, top 12 yeah, I would wide say receivers he's a top in the fiver. game. I would say he's a top um, fiver. You, you've got David Montgomery. They decided to give him the football last year and run with him. So, um, But ultimately, if you're Dak at this point in time, you know, you're, you're, you're going for the money, and you'll figure out some yeah. of this other stuff later on. But I'm just giving you 18. That's all you need is a team that says, okay, yeah, we'll do it. And if you're the Bears, 
giving up two ones for that guy, um, that ain't a crazy idea considering where the head coach and the GM are at. And you're living, right? Go back to this. And the Rams are proof of it. You're living year to year. Year to year. So if, you, you know, try, if you're the Bears right now, I mean, really, Nick Foles is your best option. I give up two. I give up two ones for Dak Prescott in the New York Minute. If I'm the Bears, I, 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 I see it. I see it this way. All right. So the, the knock on Dak Prescott is he, he hasn't been able to take the Cowboys to the Super Bowl, and then we just named Allen Robinson and David Montgomery compared to C.D. Lamb, Amari Cooper, and Ezekiel <laughs> Elliott, who they still we still haven't been able to make the Super Bowl with. So if you're the Bears, you look at it and saying, all right, if we get Dak coming off this ankle injury, we're not really sure what he's going to be. We're going to give up two first round picks for him. I, I, I mean, it's, it's, it's a stretch, but I, like you said, those two guys are in a position to where they have to do whatever they can to keep their job. So it's possible. But me for the Cowboys, what, I'm, what I was trying to get at was you were in a situation to where if you franchise tag them, if, if, if we understand it correctly, you franchise tag them or transition tag them. You still on the hook for $37 million uh, this At year, least. right? At, At least, least, right? Because because if no team, it, like let's say the Bears are like, nah, we're just going gonna to figure something else out. And nobody offers that. The Cowboys are on the hook for $37 million. So, so looking at it that way, you say, look, we're trying to figure out if we want to pay this dude the market price or dollar over, are we still going to be on the hook for $37 million on our, on our cap? I think that's a, that's a decision you got to make. And I don't think it's really that far-fetched for them to say, look, we'll see. We'll let them go out there and see how much somebody's going to pay them, and then we'll just outbid them. Yeah, I mean, I go back to this. On the transition tag number, I'm not 100% sure of it. So I'm not, I'm not don't, don't quote me on it. I'm not sure exactly if, if he would get 37.7 on the transition tag. I'm just, I'm not sure on that. Um, but I do believe that if the Cowboys had put him out there, and I'll give you another team, Carolina. Now, Carolina's sitting here with a top 10 pick, and you're hearing them talk about um, possibly taking a quarterback. Uh, to me, if I'm a, a team like Carolina, and I'm, I'm the head coach, Matt Rule, I got a six-year contract. I'm also basically the de facto general manager. I'll use two picks because I got a young quarterback, um, a, a guy who can run this kind of system I want, and, and I got job security. So I could see Carolina. I, I just think that if you put Dak out there, he's the number one free agent. Okay, it's the number one free agent in football. He's going to find someone who will go ahead and, and give him pay the pay the price, be it two first round picks, or next year. Let's say the Cowboys get him a franchise issue and he hits the market next year, and they don't franchise it because of fifty four million. He's going to get his number, especially with this TV deal that's getting ready to happen. He's going to get his number. So it's just a matter of you're the Cowboys. Um, do you, when do you decide to stop digging? <laughs> that's really you're in a hole. Yeah, they, when do you decide to just drop right the now. shovel? Right. When do you just decide to just stop digging this hole and just say, man, here you go. Here you go. Because the other option truly is because because you don't want to lose him next year. And he just signs with let's say he just signs with Chicago as a free agent. And you get a three. You, you know, you, this is the time to do it, man. I mean, this is truly the, the hey, you got to do this now or you're going to have some problems. Is the hole too deep? If they don't get it now, let's say if the Cowboys don't get this deal done now within this year. Next year, we, we were, I think we're all in agreement that they're not going to pay $54 million on another franchise tag. So I don't think he'll get the Kirk Cousins three years in a row franchise tag. But if, he, if they don't get this deal done, they, they, they risk the fact of losing him without getting anything in return. And like, that's why I say they have to get this deal done. Because if he just walks out scot-free, we're back at square one. And we're sitting there with Double G. And, you know, I like Double G, but I don't think he got the juice like that yet. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I think this is a deal they got to get done. But, fellas, I just don't see 
them coming together by, especially by March 9th, and, and, and definitely I don't think they'll get together by July 15th. This yeah, is I, I, the I conversation we, we keep having, and I think all three of us right now are a belief that there is not a fran- there is not a deal done by Tuesday, March 9th, that we'll see the tag. And then the next questions become, uh, how long do they let it go? Because free agency is going to hit, and if you've got to put the placeholder in for $37 million, basically $38 million, it limits a lot of what they can do to try and build uh, this football team. And that's going to be, uh, that, that's the challenge of it. And We've been watching this for, for going on two years now. It's it's a little bit frustrating. I know some people, yeah, still talking about it again. Yeah, you're still talking about it again because uh, I put this in our group chat earlier. When you look at the Cowboys, you ask yourself, what blueprint are you? What are you doing? Because I don't know what they're doing, honestly, when it comes to just their football team uh, and the overall blueprint because everybody's trying to build a team with a quarterback, a franchise quarterback. You seemingly have one. You say he's your franchise quarterback, but you haven't done it. I just don't understand the team building right now of having this happen and drag this out with your quarterback. Yeah, I think this is a classic case of, like, actions speak louder than words. Because all we've been hearing, like you said, Nui, for these past two years is, you know, Dak is our guy. He's our bona fide franchise leader. There's, there's no way we can go without Dak Prescott. But it's been two years, and we're continuously digging this hole deeper and deeper and deeper. We could have gotten out of this situation what, two, three years ago after he led his team to the, to the uh, playoffs in, in 2018. So to me, we could have got out of this situation. Dak would have been under contract. We're looking forward to building this defense. Now we're just digging hole yeah. after hole after hole. And we might we might risk losing him without getting anything in return. And that will put us back at square one. And whew, Cowboys Nation would be upset about that one. New, New in church. New in church. Come on, man. I'm telling y'all. Y'all asking where's the team going? What's the identity of the team? I'm going to go back to this. When we've had our best teams over the last 10 years, <laughs> what was our team known for? We had Here the we best go, offense. Man. No, listen. No, no joke. No joke. No joke. This is for real. We had the best offensive line and our identity was to go out there, run power, run trap, run counter, and run play action. And that's how we won those games. And I think we're going to go back and try to do that again. That's why I'm, I'm telling you, 2020 was a crazy year. 2021 has started off as a crazy year. So I don't think it'll be that crazy for March 9th to come around Ooh. and you see no franchise okay. tag. <laughs> and, and, and we and we have a real real roller coaster of a ride trying to get that Dak Prescott back on his roster. Okay, Danny, I'm gonna fight you on this one. Okay, you talk about you think they're gonna go back to that identity where they were a running football team. Mike McCarthy's never been a running football coach as a head coach. Green Bay they threw the ball. They, they he hasn't run the ball. That's just not his idea. And Kellen Moore is a play caller? When's Kellen Moore showed you that he wants to run it more than he wants to pass it? Let, let me tell you something, Louis. When your job is on the line, you're going to figure out something that worked. All right? Mike McCarthy went into the barn. He came back out with some new stuff that didn't work. And I think that now he, he's seeing what he's going to have to do. And that recipe for a success is being able to block. For the, if he wants to pass, you got to be able to block. If you want to run, you got to be able to block. You got to fix the O line. It all, to me, it all goes back to being able to protect your quarterback, open up those holes for Zeke. You got a $90 million running back. He's going to run the ball. All right? And you got a $90 million fullback, you know. Oh, no, no, no. I'm just 
just messing around, man. I'm just messing. That's, I'm just messing. That's what happened when your old, that's what happened when your O line look like that, man. When your O line look like that, you're missing you're missing your two tackles, missing yeah. We got the I highest paid fullback. fullback since Larry Zonka out here, man. What, what, what no, man. On, you man. gonna call this man Mike Allstott? Come on, man. You ain't calling Allstott. Nah, he ain't no fullback, bro. He he looked he looked a lot quicker at the end of the season last year once those hamstrings got right. All right, I, I think he's gonna be he's, he's gonna be the good Zeke this year if Mike McCarthy and Kellen Moore give him a chance. Ooh. Mm. I'm not going to be drawn offside anymore from this Danny McCray. I'm not. I'm just not. I'm not going to let you draw me offside. So we're going to take a break right now. Right here here on the Players Lounge, brought to you by Hotels.com. When we come back, uh, other quarterback news. Does did Washington owe Alex Smith anything since they cut him? Ben Roethlisberger uh, reduces his salary, and is Russell Wilson getting souped up on himself and his talents? Let's dive into the quarterback issues uh, across this league, and we'll get back into the Cowboys, and we'll try to fix this defense and decide what's more important: the front end or the back end. Players Lounge ahead, right here on DallasCowboys.com radio. Adjust your cleats, adjust your pads, even adjust your helmet. But seriously, don't adjust your underwear because once it's seen, it cannot be unseen. Tommy John's fabric keeps you cool and dry on the field or in the stands, and now they even have loungewear. Yeah, loungewear. Shop underwear at tommyjohn.com forward slash cowboys for 15% off your first order. That's tommyjohn.com forward slash cowboys. Hey there, Cowboys fans. With Tide Cleaners at-home pickup and delivery, cleaning your clothes has never been more convenient. Simply sign up at your local store, set out your dirty clothes, and one of our Tide Cleaners professionals will come directly to your home for a totally contactless experience. Your clean garments will be returned promptly the next scheduled delivery day, so skip the errand and enjoy life, not laundry. Visit TideCleaners.com or your local store to sign up for Tide Cleaners at-home pickup and delivery today. Grab some OtterBox gear and get ready for hanging with the boys. From rugged venture coolers to tough-as-nails elevation tumblers, we've got what you need to keep your game day drinks frosty and your football feast ice cold. And with cases, screen protectors, and power accessories, you can defend your phone and stay connected to every play. Gear up at OtterBox.com and amp up the fun of every Cowboys game. That's OtterBox.com. Is your family a Cowboys family? Have you taken holiday photos at the Star? Was your wedding theme blue and silver? Have you convinced your kids them is spelled with a D? If so, every game day feels like a vacation to you, so treat it like one. Whether you're traveling to the game or watching from your favorite vacation spot, book a place to stay on Hotels.com. Proud partner of the Dallas Cowboys. Back to the Players' Lounge. Hey, get the ultimate fan experience for the ultimate Cowboys fan. Join Dallas Cowboys United, presented by Globe Life, starting at just $20. Join now and get your exclusive fan pack and member benefits. Visit DallasCowboys.com slash United for details. You are in the Players' Lounge, brought to you by Hotels.com. Louis Scruggs, long-time Cowboys reporter. Joined by two former Dallas Cowboys safeties, Barry Church and Danny McCray. All right, guys, um, some quarterback news across the NFL besides just Dak Prescott. Alex Smith has been cut by the Washington football team. He uh, saves the team, uh, they, actually the team saves $15 million by letting him go. Does that sit right with you guys that the uh, comeback player of the year is gone, Church? 
Yeah, I, you know what? I'm going to have to say yeah on this one. Um, I don't think, you know, Washington as a team, I don't think they owed him anything. Um, it was a great story, though. I mean, I put it that way. You know, it was a great story about a guy, you know, coming back from a gruesome injury. I mean, the guy had over 17 surgeries on that on that leg of his, and and he just battled back and battled back and to, to, to get back to a game that he loves. It was a great story, and Washington gave him an opportunity to do that. They gave him an opportunity to come back. Um, try to help this team get to the playoffs, which they did, and gave him an opportunity to play the game after coming back from a gruesome injury. So I think they did a great justice by him doing that. But going forward, um, I think this team is trying to upgrade. They're trying to get this team to the next level. They have a great defense over there, especially in that front seven. And I think what they need on offense is they need a little bit more production out of their quarterback position. And I think they need to do that. And I don't think Taylor Heineke is the answer. So I think we'll get another quarterback in there for sure. But I think they did a great justice by um, Alex Smith allowing him to come back after those gruesome injuries, but I don't think they owe him anything. Uh, maybe after the after he's done, if he retires and wants to come back and be a QB coach or something like that or quality control, they might open the doors for that. But um, as far as playing and, and continuing his, his NFL career in Washington, I don't think they owed him anything, and uh, I think they did a great justice by him. Uh, yeah, I, I, I agree with Churchill. Most of it, I, I hadn't I hadn't really been in, in depth on the story. I know he was a little frustrated with, I think he felt a little pressured to play at one point, even though he wasn't really confident that uh, that his leg and stuff was okay. Uh, so I, I will say minus that, the fact that they did keep him on the roster and give him an opportunity to play, they gave him a shot. And I lost all all of my surprise with this type of stuff and, and thinking that this couldn't happen to anybody once once Peyton Manning was out of uh Indianapolis. Once I saw that, I know that I knew that nobody was safe. So I think they gave him a shot and he wasn't Peyton Manning. So he, he got a little bit more than that. So shout out to them for giving the shot, but they say you them fourteen mil. Now it's time to move on and find you a real quarterback. You got rid of Haskins. Heineke's not the answer. Now you're getting rid of Alex Smith. It's time for you to point forward and find you the guy. Washington now has $50 million in cap money to spend. The Pittsburgh Steelers told Ben Roethlisberger, we're not going to pay you $41 million in 2021. He ends up reducing his money to $14 million to play for the Steelers this upcoming season. McCray, good move? Absolutely. Uh, absolutely. I mean, where, where, where were the Pittsburgh Steelers going without uh, Ben Roethlisberger? They, they saved some money. Uh, they, they brought a guy back who's been leading their franchise for, for, for over a decade now, and you're going to give him another shot. I mean, as long as you put a running game there with him and you don't ask him to throw the ball 50 or 60 times during the, during the season, during, during one game, I think that he can still be productive. Play defense, get a running game, and let him go out there and be Big Ben and make some big-time throws timely big-time throws, and I think they could be successful. I mean, they won, what, 13, 14 games this year? So they're not far off. Yeah, to me, um, I think they, they didn't have any other choice. Uh, I think they, they picked too late in the draft to go ahead and get a quarterback that they can get moving forward. Um, and, and to me, they, they got to address this position next year. This got to be the last year uh, for Big Ben on the Steelers team because he, he can't push the ball down the field. He reminds me of what we saw and Drew Brees, especially in the playoff game, when teams were yep. just, just hugging the line of scrimmage because they knew he couldn't push the ball down the field. And when you don't have a running game, and it, 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 look, I don't think James Conner, I don't think he's the answer at all. They need to address that running game. But when you don't have a running game and all you do is spread out the ball, 
these teams, these defenses, they got smart over time. They said, hey, look, this guy's not pushing it down the field. He has weapons out there to get it down there, but he just doesn't have the arm strength to get it out there. So all they're doing is dinking, dunking, and substituting that for a run game. So they just go, went ahead, hugged the line of scrimmage. He couldn't do anything throughout the, throughout the uh, end of the season, and especially in the playoffs. So for me, they didn't have another option because they didn't pick high enough, and I didn't see them trading for anybody like that. So they had to bring Big Ben back for one more year. But overall, they got to address this next year because he, he can't push the ball down the field. His elbow's injured. I think we've seen the last of him after this year. Oh, we church. Church is messed up. Yep. Why? Why? Well, I just think overall this team has so many financial issues that they can't put together a, a team that contend for the Super Bowl. I just don't see it. And then the other issue is the way, and I go piggyback on what Church said, it's the way Ben Roethlisberger plays. Ben Roethlisberger does, doesn't want to get behind center. He wants to drop back and just pass, pass, pass. And we clearly seen this is not the identity for them to win a championship. Juju Smith is going to be a free agent, not a guy I would pay a lot of money. James Conner's a free mm -hmm. agent, not a guy I would pay a lot of money. Your center, Marquise County is going to retire. You have other O-line issues here. To me, this is the perfect time to just say goodbye to Ben Roethlisberger and just hit a reset button and just say, you know what? We got to take this for a year and just get our team retooled. You're trying to put Band-Aids on stuff. I just don't see enough Band-Aids to fix this team. You got to pay T.J. Watt. Uh, Bud Dupree, another uh, client of Dak Prescott's agent, Todd Franz, he ended up getting hurt with a torn ACL. So what do you do with him in terms of a contract here? The salary cap's going down. They got cap issues all over the place. I just think this is the time to almost be like Philadelphia. Just say, you know what? We're going to tap out on 2021, and we'll see you here in 2022. Wow. I agree. What? Why though? Hold on, wait. That Philadelphia season versus the Steelers season were totally different. All right. At one point, this team was undefeated. They they had Super Bowl aspirations. They could not find a running game, and it didn't end off well for them. They went to the playoffs. They had a good defense. I don't think it's time to rebuild. Uh, listen, if I had, if we, if we were, if that was the Cowboys and they had the season that the Pittsburgh Steelers had. You would not be saying, hey, man, yeah, it's, it's, time, it's time to rebuild just because our quarterback, you know, whatever. You'd be like, you know what? We were this close. So we just need to fix a few things, put a Band-Aid on it. And if that Band-Aid could get us to the Super Bowl, then we could uh, think about moving on from Big Ben after that. They, they were too close, and they were a solid team for you to just say, hey, man, I, I, I think we should, we should start rebuilding. That's fine. Think, Lottie, do you, you think can, Big you, Ben's arms going to get stronger? Lottie yourself. Like, do you do you think he's going to be able to push the ball down the field next year? Listen, listen, I, I, listen. I, I know at points in time in the season, especially at the end, he wasn't. But don't forget, man, you had Claypool on your team, and that dude was going deep all season. All right, so Big, Big Ben can do it. I mean, he was coming off the elbow uh, uh, surgery, so this year to me was a little a little scratch. He's making what fourteen million dollars. Find a cheaper quarterback uh, that could do that. All right, they, they were winning games. Y'all act like they were like two and uh, fourteen last year. We were sitting there like wondering when when they were actually going to lose because they were almost going undefeated for the whole season. So I mean, it ain't time to rebuild. They're close. Like I said, they're close. You want to lie to yourself? That's okay. I know this. If you're Pittsburgh, if, if you're Cleveland and Baltimore, you're happy to see Ben Roethlisberger come back. You're, you're good. You're good with that. Yeah, they got Baker Mayfield. Yeah. They, yeah, they got Baker Mayfield. All right, so don't don't be talking about like Cleveland is just all that. All right, they had a yeah. year. Baker Mayfield, boy Joe still Bo. on their squad. 
Yeah, boy, just, LSU boy, he yeah, gonna so, come yeah, back but, tonight. But, but since Cincinnati got, so he, they got a lot, they got a lot of work to do. They got to get their O line right too. But yeah, Joe Burrow is, is up and coming. But uh, no, Pittsburgh was they, they were a good team last year. <laughs> they, they won games. It's hard to win games, no matter, especially when you like, like you said, they didn't have a running game. They couldn't block. Big, you said Big Ben elbow was messed up. And how many games did they win last year? What they win last? I think this, they won what, this, twelve and this four, team. right? was exposed in the second half of the year. Big the time. The Cowboys Big time. almost beat them with Garrett Gilbert, okay? So Double G, if, baby. If you, want, if you want to believe, if you want to let your lie to yourself, Danny, go ahead. But this team and this organization, when you look at the salary cap and you look at the cap issues and the free agents they have, they're not going to be able to even put together the same team they had last year, and they've got an identity crisis and a quarterback who doesn't want to change. That's so, crazy. Right, we we sit over well, we, we sitting over here talking. We 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 are a podcast for the Cowboys who went seven and nine. We over here critiquing the team that went thirteen and three or uh, twelve and four, talking about what they need to do. Come on, man. We we would got do an anything we quarterback. Could. We got <laughs> an aging quarterback. We don't, we don't have a quarterback. We don't have. We got one. one. We got <laughs> one for at least one more year, man. We got one for at least we one, got one, more more one more week. One more week. We got one. What are you talking about? We got one more week. We got one, man. All right. We got so one, so man. okay. So let us move on. On. Since we've been talking about quarterbacks, all right, we talked about the show, that we talk about quarterbacks, and we've gone through Dak, Alex Smith, Big Ben. Now let's talk about Russell Wilson. Um, there's been a lot of stuff that's been put out there, okay, a lot of stuff. And I don't know how much of it is true because it's some of the silly season and people just need stories. Um, I saw where there was one, one tweet and a bunch of things that said, oh, Seahawks shopping Russell Wilson. And then they attributed Diana Russini of ESPN as one of the people who said it. But then Diana Russini comes out with a tweet a little bit later on. It says that the Seahawks were um, getting phone calls. that They weren't making them, that people were calling them about Russell Wilson. So trying to figure that whole situation out. But we understand this. Russell Wilson thinks that he is a better quarterback and being held back by the Seahawks. That much is real clear. And to hear some people tell it, Russ thinks that he is a top quarterback a top 10 quarterback all time and that they're hurting him that they, that they are hurting him so russ it seems like russ is souped up on himself that hey man i need to be cooking and you holding me back so i need to go somewhere and i go hold me back uh your thoughts that russ <laughs> russ may think he's a better chef than what he is there uh mccray uh, listen he, he, he if you look at the history of russell wilson i he got the right to think that he is as good as anybody that he's seen on TV or that is playing right now. If you think about Russell over the, the last, what, six, seven years, every year we've been saying, man, look at the stuff that Russell Wilson is doing. He's been to two Super Bowls. He, he did throw the pick, to, you know, for them to lose, and, and Pete Carroll should have ran that ball. But I mean, yeah, he lost he, it. He's he been, lost the game. He's been, he's been, he's been at the top of the game and, and the, uh, top, one of the top quarterbacks in the league. For an extended period of time. So let's not act like he, he don't have the right to say, you know what? I think if I had this, this, and that, I would be I would be better. My numbers would be better, and our team would be going a little further. If that's what he believes, then I'm fine with it. I, I don't know about top ten all time. I, I don't. I didn't hear him say <laughs> Hell that. Hell nah. But but uh, but I mean, if, if you look at the quarterbacks in the league today, he's at he's at the top of the list. I mean, he's not number one, but he's in he's in that top echelon of guys. Look, say it with your chest, Russell Wilson. I could, man, I'm, my guys out here say, hey, I need this, I need that. I'm top 
10. But to me, man, if you think about it, if you look about when he was going to those back-to-back Super Bowls, when they were rolling um, back in the day, when they were rolling, he wasn't cooking like that. He had an amazing defense. He had the legion of boom that held those guys in games. They were running the ball a lot. And yeah, Russell Wilson made plays here and there, but I don't think back when they were winning Super Bowls, we would have considered him a top 10 quarterback at the time. So for me, I'm saying he was cooking when he had that great defense. After that, we haven't seen much from Russell Wilson. We've seen stats. We've seen him put up numbers and have an MVP type season here and there. But overall, he hasn't done anything. He hasn't been able to put this team on the map like, like it has back when he, was, when he had a defense. When he doesn't have a defense, he's just a stat pattern for me. So for him to go out there and say, I need this, that, and the third, and you guys are holding me back, I don't really agree with him too much on that one. When he's talking about I get hit too much and I'm getting sacked too much, let's not, let's not forget that half of the time Russell Wilson's back there running around when he has a pocket. He's not stepping up in the pocket. He's going around making plays and trying to extend plays. And yes, it works sometimes, but also he gives himself up and he, and he gets sacked sometimes. So I don't think it's all on the offensive line. I think he did them a disservice by kind of throwing them under the bus and putting that out there in the media. I think he should have handled that more in-house. But overall... Uh, for him to say that, you know, he's, he's top 10 and I need this and that in the third, I think he's feeling himself a little bit too much. And I think the uh, Seahawks should, you know, listen to calls from people on him. <laughs> oh, man. That was strong. <laughs> <laughs> they online has been garbage for a while, though. So, I mean, I can understand this frustration. They've been trying to trade with the – they made a trade with the Texans. And, like, every year is something with them trying to figure out a way to get their O-line – you know, in shape and make Russell Wilson happen. They just have not been able to do it, man. You know, hey, I harken back to that O-line, Nui. That O-line, man, is very important. It's very important, man, to have a healthy, healthy, healthy guys on your O-line who you can depend on the whole season. Well, another issue about their offensive line is they haven't hit. They used a, a draft pick on the kid out of Texas A&M because it's Jermaine Fetty, but um, I may have the name wrong there, but, but they used a first-round pick on a guy who didn't pan out. Uh, one year they decide to draft Rashad Penny uh, with a first-round draft pick, uh, running back out of San Diego State with Chris Carson on the football team. Would they have not been better off to take another shot at trying to improve their offensive line? So they've not taken care of the position. They drafted wrong, and Russ has every reason to be upset about that. But to me, it's really clear that the quarterback and the head coach have different ideas about what the offense needs to be. Can't cut him this year. It's going to cost you $40 million. So it's something that they'll have to address maybe the season after this, but I don't see it getting done right now. Let's take another break right here. Uh, when we come back to our SWBC Mortgage Home Studios, we will ask the question, is Amari Cooper a top 10 wide receiver? Also, who do you pair on the opposite side of D-Law, of mm. Giggs, of Gallimore? Who should be the third linebacker with Jalen Smith and Leighton Vanderesh? We we try to come up with names next, right here on the Players Lounge on DallasCowboys.com radio. Hey there, Cowboys fans! With Tide Cleaners at-home pickup and delivery, cleaning your clothes has never been more convenient. Simply sign up at your local store, set out your dirty clothes, and one of our Tide Cleaners professionals will come directly to your home for a totally contactless experience. Your clean garments will be returned promptly the next scheduled delivery day, so skip the errand and enjoy life, not laundry. Visit TideCleaners.com or your local store to sign up for Tide Cleaners at home pickup and delivery today. 
Grab some OtterBox gear and get ready for hanging with the boys. From rugged venture coolers to tough as nails elevation tumblers, we've got what you need to keep your game day drinks frosty and your football feast ice cold. And with cases, screen protectors, and power accessories, you can defend your phone and stay connected to every play. Gear up at OtterBox.com and amp up the fun of every Cowboys game. That's OtterBox.com. How great would it be to travel to watch the Cowboys win on another team's turf? Pretty great. But honestly, just watching the game from anywhere but your house would be fun. Even a hotel bar with some guy named Phil from St. Louis who thinks Oakland still has a team. So whether you're traveling to the game or watching from your favorite vacation spot, Book a place to stay on Hotels.com. Proud partner of the Dallas Cowboys. Adjust your cleats, adjust your pads, even adjust your helmet. But seriously, don't adjust your underwear because once it's seen, it cannot be unseen. Tommy John's fabric keeps you cool and dry on the field or in the stands. And now they even have loungewear. Yeah, loungewear. Shop underwear at TommyJohn.com forward slash Cowboys for 15% off your first order. That's TommyJohn.com forward slash Cowboys. Back to the Players' Lounge. Supercross experienced the most competitive and highest profile off-road motorcycle racing championship in the world when the Monster Energy AMA Supercross returns to AT&T Stadium March 13th, 16th, and 20th. Tickets are on sale now. Get yours before they sell out at SeatGeek.com. You're in the Players' Lounge brought to you by Hotels.com. By the way, Shannon Gross, just want you to know, I saw you. I saw you hanging with the boys. You guys got all these boxes of Snickers sent your way, man. Got the brownie Snicker, yeah. got the almonds, got a whole thing, man. You can't throw it. Don't forget about those. your boys. Don't forget about your boys on the Players' Lounge. We need some of that. Share the wealth. Share the wealth, man. man. Jeez. Right, man. Be be a teammate, baby. Be a teammate. Supposed to be a family out here, Shannon. I I know, man. (laughs) I know. They got everything. Remember that day we were out there doing that, uh, doing the, doing the show outside of the Star at the Tostitas Championship Plus, and man, you look up, man, hanging with the boys. They had. Tommy John underwear. They had wings. they had uh, the, the wings from I mean from Wingstop. They had Papa John's pizza. They had everything. What, what, what do we have? They One had beer. Yeti coolers. Man, they had everything, man. <laughs> we didn't get, even didn't get a pack of beer. We got one beer. They had one beer left over on the table. Hey, grab that. You got it. They, they wanted to take the heaters from us, too. Luckily, we got the heaters. They wanted to take them out. And they had the, they had the Tiff Streets cookies. So we, all we had was leftovers, man. So I'm just saying, Shannon, man, throw us a small little bone here. All right, Players Lounge. Uh, a question topic we, all, we, we talked about here is in, in our, on our group chat, to, to see, you know, how, where we went with the show today. Is Amari Cooper a top 10 wide receiver? That was the question asked. So, Church, I'll start with you on this one. Uh, for me, honestly, man, I think he's a great wide receiver. He runs good routes and all that good stuff. Uh, he's dependable, but, well, you know, home games, he's dependable. I'm going to have to say he is not a top 10 receiver. Uh, you know, I, I, I don't know if it has to do with the Taylor, the offense not tailored towards him or not getting the ball enough or he's not winning on his routes enough. But from what I see, he just doesn't jump off the tape like other receivers do in the NFL. Um, I can name 10, you know, mm. off the top of the noggin. 
um, that would that I believe are better than Amari Cooper. So I, you know, I give him top fifteen, but top ten um, as of right now, I'm gonna have to say no. I'm gonna have to pass on my boy. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with you, Church. I, I was sitting here counting them up right now, and I got I, I got the ten pretty quickly, uh, real quick. So, <laughs> so, so nah, I mean, you just start listening to Metcalf and Hopkins and Adams, and you you can the, the list can just continue to go on, and you just like Amari Cooper is behind these guys. I don't think his offensive coordinator is doing him any favors. Uh, his quarterback, you know, being injured also didn't do him any favors uh, this season, and his health. Also hasn't done him any favors, but I think if he's 100% healthy, he can inch his way back in there if he has Dak Prescott. But as of right now, now nah, he's he, he's not top ten. He's he's a solid receiver, but uh, he he just hasn't showed up in those big time moments enough for him to for him to be top ten. Is he the best receiver on the team? Yes. <laughs> yeah, I, I give him that. I yes. give him that. Yes. He's, 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 he's it's close. It's close. It's All right, because CD is a rookie now. He's he's going to continue to get better, but he I think he has the the big playability just like Amari Cooper, and you can get him the ball a bunch of different ways. All right, this was my top nine here: Devontae Adams, DeAndre Hopkins, Tyreek Hill, Mike Evans, Michael Thomas, Julio Jones, Stephon Diggs, DK Metcalf, Allen Robinson. And and that was my my top nine. Then I sat here and I looked at where Cooper fit in here. Uh, I see Keenan Allen, and then it's not enough production. It was just one year, but but Je- Justin Jefferson, pretty heck of a, a talented wide receiver. And why I think I can put Cooper in this list, I look at what happened to Oakland when he left. The Raiders and Derek Carr, yeah, problems. I mean, they, they're trying to run Derek Carr out of town. Um, so you clearly saw what he did, and when he came to the Cowboys, People like me were saying, hey, man, the Cowboys are 3-5. You need to fire Jason Garrett. Cooper comes on this football team. They end up making the playoffs. He ends up making a Pro Bowl. So I've watched a guy who's helped save a franchise's season here. Um, Danny, you are 100% right, and you banged it all year long. They do not utilize this player the way he should be used for the $100 million they give him. So is he a top-10 receiver? I think he's a top-10 receiver. I don't think he's used in a way that we see, you know, these other guys, a Robinson. I mean, here's a guy who keep catching balls from bums and still putting up numbers, but they throw it to him. Um, the same thing when you look at Adams and Hopkins and Hill and Evans, they just don't utilize him in this fashion. And to me, it, it, uh, it makes my mind boggle. And I look at Keenan Allen, too. I think I see Keenan Allen and I think of Amari Cooper a lot of the same way, where these are two guys who who are, are, are really sensational, and you kind of look at their overall careers. They've been consistent in terms of production, but they've also battled health issues as well. Who, yeah. who's, the receiver, who, who's the receiver out there in Tennessee? Uh, is it A.J. Brown? A.J. Brown. A.J. Brown and Corey Davis. Yeah, the, 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 listen, uh, uh, as of last year, I would have put them two, them two right up there with Amari Cooper, maybe one of them ahead. They, they, had some, they made some really big plays, and when you turn on SportsCenter, you turn on the games, you've seen them really impacting the game. I would okay. be interested to see what his win percentage is. Like, when he's going on routes, like, I want to see if he's really getting open like that or if guys are just putting them hands on him. I, that's something I really want to see when it comes to Amari Cooper out there. When you talk about Brown, and one reason why I didn't put A.J. Brown in there it, versus Cooper and, and, and Keenan Allen and some of these other guys, I look over at the, 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 the career production here. Brown's done had two really nice years. 
and and it's almost the same case. And I, I did put DK Metcalf here, and, and he's he's had yeah. a you know short career, but my gosh, you know that guy's yeah. I love some DK Metcalf <laughs> and what he can bring. And AJ Brown's a good player too. But that's one reason why I put a guy like Cooper in there ahead of Brown is when I look at the overall production. I mean, guys, he saved Jason Garrett's job. The Cowboys ended this up going on that fantastic run when he got here. And then you look at the Raiders and what happened to them. The Raiders are still looking for a receiver, a number one guy. I mean, it was Nelson Aguilar was ended up being a guy that they were counting on last year. So Amari Cooper can play. I just don't feel like he's gotten enough chances. And that's one where I got to give you, Danny, all the credit because you kept banging this home. Why is this guy getting the ball? Why isn't he getting the ball like a Stephon Diggs is getting the ball in Buffalo? It's just a problem with the Cowboys and, and how we have issues with the way they've given $190 million to Zeke and Cooper, and they don't give him the ball enough. Is he better yeah. than Thielen? Nope. <laughs> yes. I mean, we, we nope. still, we still, we, no. 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 Yes. Listen, you no. Can I, we're not, not, not going to continue to talk about him saving Jason Garrett, you know, and can, all that no, stuff because you know he had can, that. Can that, I, no, right. that don't count. Okay. He, he, been, we, he been clamped out. Uh, church, what you call him? Away game? Disappeared? Come on, no, yeah. Let's not. No, he, yeah. he, he, listen, he made some big-time plays that season, but we've had to knock on him injury-wise and when he uh. plays in away games. Okay. My, mm. my, thing, my thing with Thielen, and I'll go back to Thielen, just the way I talk about uh, guys like Allen Robinson, when they, give you the, when they give you the ball, then you go ahead and opportunity. They don't give them enough of the ball. That, that's, that's my issue with it. All right, now you got me sitting up here looking at the stats here. And where do I get uh, Thielen? Thielen here, what, 74 for 108? No. Yeah, uh, Thielen. 108 targets right here. Look at it for him. Thielen, 108 targets, mm-hmm. 74 catches, 924 yards. Um, How many touchdowns? Where? Touchdowns. Yeah, he was up there on the TDs. I think he yeah, had like 11. He, he had some TDs. He had 14. He had 14. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so let's uh, make, make sure we get the whole context of, 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 Thielen's, <laughs> of Thielen's stats. All right? And he playing across from uh, Justin Jefferson. And they mm. throw the ball. I mean, they, they, actually, they actually throw him the ball. So we're looking at the targets here, and I'm trying to find, I'm trying to find Cooper here. Okay, Amari Cooper targets 130, 92 catches, had 14. Uh, I said it should had uh, 1,114 yards, five touchdowns. So had more catches than Thielen. Had more, more targets, targets than Thielen. Had more <laughs> yards than Thielen. Thielen had him in touchdowns. Almost doubled him. Oh, he did double him. Almost tripled him. Now, wait, wait, wait. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> Who was throwing to Cooper last year? Who was throwing to Cooper last year? Thielen at least had Kirk Cousins. He had a legitimate quarterback. What, 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 what? Come on, Nui. how many times do we look at the game and say the man wasn't even in the game? He's on the sideline. All right, so mm. we can talk about he didn't get targets a lot, but even when Jason Garrett was there on fourth down, we was like, why is Cooper not in the game? All right, so let's let's not pump the brakes a little bit. All right, the man still had 130 targets. He had uh, Thielen had almost three times as many touchdowns as uh, as, uh, as a Mark Cooper. As young, as young Coop. Yeah, so I don't I don't I don't I don't want to hear it. All right, Thielen is better than Amari Cooper if we're going by what they put on the field, especially last year. And last year he we had Andy Dalton, we had Double G. 
We had Danucci. Go to the year before then. Go to the year before. You, sa- been, you sat been, up there been, and talked about the O-line, right? So now you're forgetting the very thing. You've been beating up on go, the O-line. Now go, it don't count. Now it don't count. Go to the year before. Go to the year before. All right. Hey, go to the year hey, before. Hey, dude, you got a little something on there right there, dude. You said the O-line don't count now. Go, go, <laughs> to, the year, go, go to the year before, though. Go, go to the year before and look at Thieler and Amari Cooper. All right, let me let me sit up here and go go. And that year, Thielen was on was the fly. Ba- was battling with Stephon Diggs too. <laughs> and he was balling. And he was balling. Thielen's <laughs> real though. Thielen's the real deal. Like Thielen's yeah, the real giving, deal. He just don't get the credit, credit for it. Give him his credit, Nui. Nui tried to take the credit away from him to try to hype up Amari Cooper when we was been talking about the man not showing up on the weight games for two seasons. Come on, okay. come on, man. okay, okay. You want you want you want 2019, 2019. All right, so 2019, Thielen had six touchdowns, 418 yards, and caught 30 passes. Yes, because I had him on my fantasy team. Oh, okay, all right, okay, all right, all right, all right, all right. I had him on my fantasy team. Bad year, bad year for He was ready for that, too. He was ready. He knew he knew. He said he was ready for that one. Yeah, I see you, knew. How many touchdowns did you how so, many touchdowns um, did Amari Cooper had that year? Oh, okay. man. Hold, hold on. He was hold real that on. year. Amari Cooper was real last year. He made the Pro Bowl. Year. He made, he made yeah, the he Pro Bowl. So, so let me just go ahead. 2019. You want 2019. 2019, Cooper had eight touchdowns, 1,189 yards, caught 79 passes. that good enough for you? So, yeah. hold on. So, oh, so did I answer your question? So, did I answer so, your question? So Thielen was, so was hurt most of the year. Had six touchdowns. You said six touchdowns and Cooper had eight? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. I'm just checking. All right, listen. Thielen, Thielen to me is better than Cooper. His stats will say it when they play in the full season. It just he just is. Okay. Mm. If that's what you, mm. I, I'm not fighting. I'm not fighting you, man. You have your ideas. I have my ideas. That's the beauty of who you pick, who uh, you, of doing this show. I, I who you picking you. on your fantasy football team? Who you picking on your fantasy football team next year? A Cooper or a Thielen? <laughs> <laughs> Who, who we got at quarterback, man? We, gonna, be, we got to know who be, we got at quarterback. I'll be trying to go for – I'll probably take Stephon Diggs. You know, I'll probably take no, somebody who's already on my list. Two options. I gave you two right, options. On, on my list right here. What round? What round am I in? There's a whole bunch of things and factors when I go into how and when no. I pick my receivers. Here. You, hey, you but, said Turks, mm, uh, mm, he mm. dancing again. He dancing but, again. But I, I, <laughs> yeah, tell me who the quarterback is. So let us oh, move on to another topic here that, that, that we had. Can we run out of time? Okay, we run out of time. I'm trying to sit here and let you, be, let you have your jollies here. I'm trying to get all the topics you brought in here. <laughs> all right, trying, trying to fix this defense. What's more important, the back or the front? McCray, what's more important here, fixing this defense? I'm going front end, man. We got, you know, listen, the big thing you got to be able to do is we talked about this at the beginning of the season last year. If you cannot stop the run, you cannot have a successful okay. defense. If they can run the ball on you five yards a carry, then you have no shot at winning that game. And that came to fruition gotcha. this season. We watched it happen. We watched Cleveland come in there and mash it down our throat for like 300 yards. And Washington did the same thing. And team after team just came in and punished us in the run game. So I think it's the front. Yeah, I'm I'm about to go with you on this one. I believe it's the front end. Even though I've been in the back end, you know, my whole career. The front end is it's where it's at. I mean, I think I, I believe that ever since I saw that uh, Super Bowl with Eli and them boys, when they had, you know, Strahan, Tuck and, all, and Canty and all those boys on the D-line, 
they made Tom Brady's life hell in that Super Bowl. And I think from that moment on, people have started to build their defenses from the front end to the back. Because like McCray said, if you can't stop the run, if you let guys just go straight up the gut on you, we've seen what happened. This year is an example for our defense. We were historically bad because offenses were able to pick their poison against us. Do we want to run up the middle for 150 yards or do we want to throw the ball on the outside? We weren't able to stop either of those, and that results in a historically bad defense. So overall, I think the front end, the front seven, has got to be the strength of your defense. It gets after the quarterback. It rushes these guys up, and that's what causes turnovers. When quarterbacks are overthrowing or you get tip passes and all that stuff, that's how you get turnovers, and that's how you become a better defense. And I think it starts with the D-line, and that's something that we got to get better at. Because right now, I mean, we got D-Law, but other than that, all right, oof, I don't know. And even D-Law had a, had a rough season last year, so we got to get that front end taken care of. But I believe you build your defense from the front to the back. Hall of Fame Warren Sapp said it best. The back don't work without the front. That's his exact quote. The back don't work without the front. And this defense, a lot of it, you, know, you go back and you think about the Pittsburgh Steelers. You know, this was about the steel curtain and what they did at the front. And then, you know, they had some tremendous guys like Mel Blunt and Donnie Shell on the back. Uh, even with the Cowboys, the, their Super Bowl teams of the 90s, they were very good up front. They had a good back, too, but it does start up front. Dan Quinn is a D-line coach. At the 10th spot, unfortunately for the Cowboys, there's not really a deep, you know, there's no Aaron Donald up there. Um, you know, there's, there's no big pass rusher. There's no Bosa. There's no Chase Young in that top 10 for the Cowboys. So the corner position will probably be rated higher than anybody on the D-line. But I also look at this for the Cowboys. This is going to be probably a, a two-year process of trying to put together all the things that Dan Quinn is going to want within this defense to try and to try and make it make it work so you definitely got to look at the front and maybe that's where they start off in free agency and maybe you look at a Leonard Williams who's a free agent with the Giants like uh, I don't know but you definitely got to look at the front and try to fix it but at 10 right now if they stay at 10 you're probably going to have an ability to draft a guy that's more highly rated in the back end, a J.C. Horn, a, a Patrick Sertan Jr., those kind of guys. Yeah, I think you're right. No, it's going to take a little bit of time, maybe maybe two to three years, because like we said earlier, man, the carpenter needs his tools. And when Dan Quinn was rolling in, in, uh, in Seattle with those boys in Legion of Boom, he had guys like K.J. Wright who can cover as a linebacker. He had Wagner who was sideline to sideline and could tackle anything. Yep. He had Cliff Avery on those boys, Earl Thomas controlling the back end, the Punisher camp, Chancellor in there, solid corners with Sherman and Brown. He had a lot of tools at his display, and he was able to play that simple defense where it's just like, look, it's either cover three or it's cover one. We need y'all to go out there and eat. And they, he had the tools. He had the players to do so. And I don't think we have that specifically right now on this defensive side of the ball. So I think we need to hit in this draft, maybe again next year and draft a free agency before we really get to see Dan Quinn's full defense on display. But hopefully he'll get to that point because if we go out there and get ramshacked this whole next year, man, they might blow up the whole ship. So we'll see. Well, I got, I got to ask y'all then. So who, who are y'all not comfortable with right now that's currently – uh, uh, that we consider to be a starter next year that's currently on the roster. Because, I mean, two to three years, you're looking at you needing another linebacker is, is what it sounds yes. like. We're going to need another corner of safety and someone on the D-line. And we said that right now we have LVE, we got Jalen Smith, we got Tank, we got Randy Gregory, we got Thomas, uh, and we have uh, Diggs. And we got Brown. So, so who is it that needs to leave? I'm trying to figure out who all needs to be replaced before you guys say, all right, Dan Quinn has enough now. After two years, he has 
who he wants in every every position, and now he should be successful. For for his defense, I think we need, and I don't know, you can either go one A or one B on this, but I think we need an interior defensive lineman, and I think we need somebody in that linebacker core that can cover. Because if you think about it, back in that Seattle defense, when they had KJ right on that tight end, that allowed Cam Chancellor to free up and kind of be that low rat player, that instinctful player that can either rob, slant, or punish people on the run. We need someone like that that can cover. And right now, our linebackers are a liability in coverage. And we've getting, they've been getting exposed all last year when it comes to running backs, isolating them. So I think we need somebody that can cover on that front inside. Um, but defensive alignment, defensive interior defensive line as well is a big need, or or we're going to get gashed left and right. Danny, I, I've said this before. They need help at all three levels. At, at all three levels, how they decide to get that help, that's going to be very interesting. And that also comes in that whole Dak Prescott contract, where man, if you could get that thing signed, then it's going to free up some dollars for you to go out and get some more to get some more help here. Barry, you've hit on a bunch of things. Uh, we spoke about Ricardo Allen, who's a free agent who uh, Quinn had in Atlanta. That he needs somebody to quarterback the back end of the defense. And people bring up Donovan Wilson, and I've got nothing against Donovan Wilson. I think Donovan Wilson could be a player that can. Help help you but you he's not that guy he's not the Allen he's not the Earl Thomas guy you got to try to find that guy you already talked about the linebackers I mean dude I'm not ready to sit up here and say hey all right here's Tristan Hill uh, as a starter no uh, he's coming off an ACL he's not ready to go Nevin Gallimore had a nice rookie year but I'm not ready to say hey look this is that guy they've got it they've got to fix those issues right up front there and to me I wouldn't sign Alden Smith back I don't know if Alden Smith is going to fix his defense and and the kind of price tag that Alden Smith may 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 ask for I would rather spend that money on a guy who's an interior lineman like a, a Leonard Williams and plug him up in here and see what he can help me do Plus, with that Alden Smith, I think if we bring Alden Smith in there, I think that's just holding back Randy Gregory and not letting Randy Gregory reach his full potential. I think he can give us a better option than, uh, than Alden Smith out there. So I, I say we let him ride. Amen. Listen, and, and, I, and I listen, I, and, and I'm with y'all 100%. We need to get the defense fixed, all right? Even though I talk about O-line, I really want to see that get fixed. Dan Quinn needs his tools. But y'all remember, when we listed all these players that Dan Quinn had, all right, and we like we he, we need to get. He had this person when he was there. He had this person. He had that person. We're talking about in some cases all-time great players. All right, so you know him realistically being able to get those type of players in each one of those positions, it, it, I don't think is that likely. So okay, we have to look and see. Dan Quinn has to find players that really fits his scheme versus trying to hey replace the Earl Thomas, replace the Cam Chancellor, replace the Richard Sherman because. At the end of the day, when those guys retire, most of those guys are going to be up for the Hall of Fame because they, they had those type of careers. So right. you know, we've got but, to be realistic in saying these are the guys that we're trying to find. But at the same time, he did some of those things in Atlanta where you had a Grady Jackson up front on the D-line. Mm-hmm. You know, and that was a productive player. So Allen was a guy who was a safety, was running things back there. So we, we may have to kind of look more at the Atlanta model of what he was doing because the GM, Thomas Dimitrov, put a lot of resources on offense and spent a lot of draft capital on the offense. So that's that's where I, I you know, we spoke about before. Maybe you try to find who are some guys that used to play for him to kind of understand the scheme a little bit. But that's the, that to me is where where they got to go. Want to touch another topic here before we get out of here that you guys have brought up here. Um, who plays opposite of D-Law, in your opinion? Where do you go? McCray? 
Yeah, if in we, your if perfect we world, in your world, in your world. No, <laughs> in, in my perfect world, we would have T.J. Watt opposite of. Uh, <laughs> of Thank you. Of, Thank of, you. Of, 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 of D. Law, and you know the fact that we actually could have had him is crazy. But yeah, in my perfect world, that's who I'm putting out there. But what we have now, I got faith in Randy Gregor if he has a full, healthy season and he's able to stay on the right track. I have faith in his potential and what he's able to do. But perfect world, Nui, <laughs> T.J. Watt all day. I'm with you. That, that was that perfect was that was world. what I was gonna say. Yeah, perfect world. You got to go with T.J. Watt, maybe even a Shaq Barrett out there, but. Uh, without being it perfect, I think like I'm with McCray on this one. I think we got what we need in uh, Randy Gregory. I think towards the end of the se- season, he started to to kind of to go to go in the straight right direction as far as trending in the right direction. The guy was getting sacks. He was forcing fumbles. I think he's long and wiry and able to do a lot of things at that defensive position and position. So I think we got what we need out there, and uh, maybe we just need some depth pieces now. I'm with you on that. I'd let Smith walk go with Gregory and hope that in a contract year, Dorrance Armstrong becomes one hellacious player. All right, who's the third linebacker opposite LVE and Jalen Smith? Mm. First of all, a- <laughs> oh, go ahead, Church. No, you got it. You got it, Craig. Oh, listen, perfect world. You know, I'm going my LSU guy, Devin White. Uh, that that that's very easy for me. He's a young, uh, high potential talent, and we saw what he could do in the Super Bowl. Right now, man, I don't know because it just depends to me on what type of defense that you're running, right? Because in my, in my mind, I don't think you're going to have three linebackers out there that often. So I think you need a really, really good uh, nickelback. You need a guy who can get in there and make some tackles, fill some gaps, and you need a guy who can cover. So I think we just have to find a guy who's able to do all that because there's going to be a lot of 11 personnel coming around here. So we, we won't be seeing a lot of base defense. For me – Perfect world. I'm going with that same Tampa team, but I'm going to go with the other linebacker, Levante David. Um, I know he's a little bit older, 31, but the job he did on Kelsey in that Super Bowl, I mean, it was it was rarely seen. I mean, you've seen Kelsey destroy teams left and right um, during that playoff run and during their run in Kansas City. But the job he was able to do, man, made me prove prove to me that he can he can go out there and cover with the best of them. So perfect world. I would go Levante David. Um, but what I would look forward to in that, like you said, McCray, I don't think there's going to be a lot of three linebackers um, on the field. They do a lot more nickel. So I would go with that hybrid linebacker safety nickel guy out of Notre Dame. I don't want to butcher his name because I don't, <laughs> don't want to say what I think his name is. So I don't want to butcher it. But um, they, they got a linebacker safety kind of hybrid guy coming out of Notre Dame who I think will fit perfect in that system. A part of me wonders, what if they kept a Damian Wilson? And you could have paid him you know, decent money and kept a guy like that on your football team. And mm. Kansas City clearly figured out what to do with him and how to use him. And Steve Spagnuolo helped uh, as a defensive coordinator, plugged him in the bright, proper places, and they, they helped win, win a championship for Kansas City and, and made two Super Bowls. Um, so... I think I think about that player as somebody that you draft, um, you know, on a third day. Look at what they got out of Hitchens. Um, I just don't think that yeah. person's on the roster right now. But I think that's what they've got to do. And they have done a decent job as an organization of drafting linebackers, uh, despite some some people who are frustrated with Jalen Smith. When you think about what Jalen Smith was um, as an injured guy, and the fact that this guy ended up uh, making a Pro Bowl in his career, that's a success. Um, Leighton Van Der Esch, a guy they drafted in the first round who ended up having a Pro Bowl, making a Pro Bowl. Um, so they have an understanding of a linebacker, and I think they'll be okay in terms of trying to figure that out through free agency or the draft. But right now, that player's not on the team. Um, opposite of Diggs at the cornerback spot, where are we going, guys? The, 
simple ideal world. I'm going with Church's guy, my man Jalen Ramsey. Ideal, throw him on the roster, and we automatically are a much better team. Mm. And that, that makes it really, really easy for us. But since we're not, you guys are going to kill me for this. But you're right, Church, man. That draft pick at cornerback, that man, I, I, I got I to gotta go with him. I, got, I would go with him. Yeah. <laughs> I would go two rookies out there. I think that that's our opportunity to get better at the cornerback and, and, and yes. remain young. So we have those guys on our roster for a long time. Hopefully we get lucky enough like we do with Diggs, like we did with Diggs, and he falls to the second round after we pick our offensive tackle. This is true. This is true. Perfect world. I got to go with the dog, Jalen Ramsey. I think he's the best corner in the National Football League right now. But overall, I think I'm going to go with – your boy from LSU, Pat Peterson, man. I think no. if we can get him on like a no. on like a no. team friendly deal, no. I think he can still run. I think he can still run a little bit, and I think he would be if he came on this team, he would be the best corner on our team uh, for at least one year. So I got to go, Pat P, on that one, and see what we can do with that. Okay, Church. Okay, I'm with you. you I know, see man, you. you. I know, see you bringing you know. the purple and gold <laughs> to the players' lives. Ramsey is. <laughs> Ramsey's your gold standard rolling right now there at the cornerback spot. Uh, I, I went with J.C. Horn, uh, the corner out of South mm. Carolina. And I think back okay. to what Bill Walsh did to build up his 49ers team that ended up winning Super Bowl 16. They ended up drafting Ronnie Lott, Eric Wright, and Carlton Williamson and grew up all three guys. And they ended up being that back end for the Niners, which ended up you know, winning uh, Super Bowl 16, Super Bowl 19. And we saw Ronnie Lott is, is, is now a member of the Pro Football Hall of Fame. So that's what I would do. I would look at the youth and say, okay, I'll do that. Um, Jimmy Johnson. Jimmy Johnson went with youth, with, with Larry Brown and Kevin, Kevin Pup Smith, and, and he grew those guys up. Now, they were also helped because they had a good front. Jimmy built a good front. Mm -hmm. but, but, but that you can win with some youthful guys in the back. They're going to make some mistakes, but you can work with it a little bit. And that's why I think that free safety, you know, somebody that Quinn can trust who can run his system is important to make sure you can help those, those young corners out. What about the defensive tackle spot? Uh, got Nevin Gallimore as a starter here. Who would you like to see on the other side of him? I think we can all agree that Aaron Donald will be the guy in a uh, <laughs> yes. perfect world. That, yes. <laughs> that, that would be who it is. But uh, if not, I think we're going to go look at uh, Ndamukong Sue. Uh, yes. He's been able to make an impact, you know, pretty much on every team that he's, that he's been on. And he brings that nastiness to the defensive line that we need. So that would that, be a guy that I'm looking at. Yeah, to me, I, I'm with you on that one. Um, definitely, you know, Aaron Donald, you know, Hall of Fame, first ballot, without a question. So he'd be in there. But since this is uh, this is the real world, I'd have to go to Dominican Sue. I mean, we've seen this guy. He's a mercenary out there. He goes for the highest bidder in free agency, signs maybe a one or maybe a two-year deal with a team, but and, and he gives them their services. And for me, this guy is nasty. He gets under people's skin. It don't matter if you're a Hall of Fame quarterback or not. I mean, we saw what he was doing to Aaron Rodgers during the playoffs. He was talking all types of noise, and that's the type of guy you want on your defensive line. That's the type of guy you want on your defense, somebody who's nasty and just doesn't care about anything. And uh, that's the type of guy I want on my defensive line, especially in the middle. You remember who Sue replaced there in Tampa? Gerald, Gerald McCoy. Exactly. So, <laughs> so and, and, and who ended up getting Gerald McCoy's services? No, Good old nobody. Cowboys. No, yeah, nobody, no, nobody got his services. <laughs> Cowboys, Cowboys bet that lot on him, and that dude couldn't even get out of the trade camp. So, uh, oh, yeah. No, yeah, yeah, let's, 
<laughs> Let's not make that mistake again. If you're the Cowboys, let's not do that again. Uh, if you want to go, yeah, Sue would be be good, um, and, and a guy who could possibly help the younger players, uh, Tristan Hill and Nevin Gallimore, uh, become good players. Hey, all right, look, that's uh, we're six minutes over our time here, so let's let Chris Beam, our producer, get on his way. Fun time is always chopping up right here on the Players' Lines with Danny McRae, Barry Church, two former Dallas Cowboys safeties, Louis Scruggs, longtime Cowboys reporter. We'll talk to you next Friday right here on the Players' Lines, brought to you by Hotels.com on DallasCowboys.com radio. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!